0: Okay, hey, we're continuing in James this morning, we're looking at James chapter three. But as we start that, I just I think our society's losing discernment. Um I I know. It just seems like every time we look anywhere there's ideas and themes and everybody's just putting out words, and oftentimes it's hard to tell what's right. Um it's easy to pick whatever you want to hear and to hear it and because of that it becomes more difficult to um to come to scripture and to understand the depth of what's here and my heart this morning is that you would would have a passion to understand what the bible says not what i say but what the bible actually means and we boy we're fortunate the the church here allows me to spend time every week in the text and and taking it apart and trying to get the context and bringing it to you. But my hope is you would see the text this morning. It's a bit of an uncomfortable text. I don't know if you know this picture. This picture makes me uncomfortable. I don't really like this theme where people stick their tongues out. Um, I, I certainly don't like a skull and crossbones on someone's tongue. I, I picked it, though, because I feel like it reflects the text this morning. and And it reflects, unfortunately, reflects you and me. I think it's important for us to see it. I, James today is powerful. I, I want you to see and feel and understand strong images reflecting a strong passage. And But this is the thing. I think if you can understand what James is doing today in this text, it will help you so much in how you think about yourself and the Bible, your Savior. I think it's empowering. I want you to see it. But, but it, it comes with some acknowledgement of Discomfort about the tongue, the untamed tongue. Okay, let's take a look. First is about the tongue, and here's another really nice image. I know some people can't even look at snakes. I was bit by one when I was a kid right here on the lip. I don't like snakes. But somehow the tongue is reflective in this idea of snakes. Let's take a look. James chapter 3, verse 1. Here we go, about the tongue. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. He seems to start with this random thought. And if you have followed him, it's, it's a bit of a change from last time because he started last time and ended chapter 2 with this idea that faith works. Faith acts, right? And so this action, actions, what's important, not words. And now he flips it and he says, wait a minute, not many of you should be using words <laughs> to teach. This gives me pause. I get to stand up every week and I I do it with trembling, not with flippancy because of things like this. There's greater strictness to teaching. You say, why is that? Why is teaching? Well, it's because of the words, right? He says in verse 2, for we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man able also to bridle his whole body. (laughs) That's what it is. We all stumble, right? If you don't stumble in what you say, you're perfect. And so here, teachers teach, and what they're doing is using words, and those words aren't perfect. And so the idea is you could really harm somebody, or, or, or the other side, you could really help. What an amazing thing it is. If you could be perfect in what you say, What an opportunity communication is. I've got a dog. She's six months old. Her name's Mocha. She's awesome. She licks, she jumps. But about now, I'm really proud to announce she knows four commands. Sit. She's got it down. (laughs) Lay down. If I take my hand and I kind of go down while I say it, lay down, and she'll lay down. Roll over. She'll do it. (laughs) The last one, come, she's not so good at but but, but i'm so excited to announce that to you she knows four words look at the sum of my communication with my mouth with my dog four words with you this morning i've already used a thousand it's what sets us apart isn't it that we have complex communication that you and i take ideas and we get them into our heads and we actually go and they change how we think they change what we do they it influences us the ideas I'm a human being, and you're a human being, and here we are in this room. We're gathered around this big idea. We're, we're gathered around the amazement of the Word of God, and we communicate in deep ways. It's powerful, isn't it? Ideas, communication. I was talking with our history teacher about, about one idea. It, was, it says, no taxation without representation. You know that idea that was is in the Magna Carta in Europe, but it came to America, and we saw the injustice of it, and it sparked this thing called the American Revolution, and, and our country was formed because of words, because of an idea. It's not just big good things; it's, it's difficult things too, right? Think about the Middle Ages, where someone would come up and start teaching some some man of God, and they would say, "You know what? You need to do is you need to give money to the church so that you can." get your dead father out of purgatory and into heaven. And so the person sitting out there listening would think, well, should I eat or should I give money to get my dad out of purgatory? What a terrible thing. What a hurtful thing. Words. Those are just a couple examples. It's not just on a grand scale, right? I mean, think of how many people have taught things that aren't true and have shaped thousands, but... I think of what I say to my kids. I mean, isn't it true that if you slip a swear word into your language, I, I testify to the truth of this to my shame, the kids hear it, it's going to come back at you. Five minutes, a day or two, somewhere, and it'll, it'll come along with, and Dad said it. Why, they heard it, they mimic, they repeat, they, they take it in, you, these words, and it's not just kids. It's it's all of us. We, we take in words. I sat down with a couple... It was some time ago now, and the first thing that that the woman said to me was, "I've gotten counsel from all my friends, and they're telling me I should leave him." And I just thought, what terrible counsel. We speak and we counsel, and people take it in, and then they are going to act on counsel that's bad, and and you start thinking this is this is the influence of our tongue so when james talks about what we say when james talks about the tongue he's talking about this communication that we do because we're human beings and it's marvelously powerful marvelously powerful so james is insightful and he's helpful he focuses on how important our words are that's the first thing agree with me our words are really important they are but then he says this Oh, I just, I didn't even give you the examples. Because he says, if we put bits into the mouths of horses so they obey us, we guide their whole bodies. He says, if, look at the ships at the sea. Though they're large and driven by strong worms, they're, they're guided by a very small rudder. Wherever the will of the pilot directs, so also the tongue. It's a small member, but it boasts of great things. And it's just this thought. It's so amazing what the tongue is. Have you seen a horse? Have you ever been up close to a horse? That's a massive animal. It's big. <laughs> a horse and I just uh, was asked to ride one once, and I wasn't sure I wanted to. It was too big. But if you take just this little bit, it'll guide the whole horse, right? Or, or a ship. And this is James. James says a ship. A ship. A ship is hundreds of tons of massive amount of displacing water, and and the schooners that have huge sails and they're catching the mighty forces of the earth, and and it's guided by this little tiny rudder. If it's off just a little to bit, one degree, then you're going to end up somewhere way different than where you thought you were going to end up. That's how important the tongue is, and it's super, super important what we communicate, our words. They shape and guide our lives and other lives, and I, I think of that, I think of that, I know personally. I think of that every night when I look into my kids' eyes because I go in at night, and I think positively. I say to them, hey, kid, your dad adores you. I adore you no matter what. Because I want the last thing they hear at night to be that their father loves them. I just know that those words, they have effect on their heart. It shapes who they am and, and that they're powerful things, you know. We have this remarkable tool and we all have it. Because he's not talking, maybe you lost your little piece of muscle that's your tongue. But the ability to communicate with each other, that's what he's talking about. It's powerful. I, I, I don't have to prove it anymore do you, I hope. Powerful. Okay. Then he says this, how great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, set on fire, the cor- setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. Oh my. What? So, so it's not just that, this, that the, it, the tongue is important, it's also a world of unrighteousness. It's not just the instigator of fires, our words, our communication, our tongues. They stain your whole body. By the way, this isn't the, word, the tongue can be a world of unrighteousness, or the the tongue can stain your whole body. This is the tongue does this. The tongue is a world of unrighteousness. The tongue does stain your whole body. That careless word you spoke. It was taken in by another person. It injured them and it shaped their whole life. That anger that you splashed out in a frustrated moment, it did damage. It hurt relationships. And you listen to people when they're angry, someone said to me recently, and the real truth comes out. So in those moments when our tongue hurts, other people, it's... It's really hurtful. It's not just false teachers leading people astray, right? It's not just, I remember I was 10. I remember um, Jonestown and how there's a a false teacher and he got all of his followers to drink purple Kool-Aid and they killed themselves and the power of the word that he he made them do that. It's not just that. He's talking about everybody, your tongue, my tongue, every day. And and I, I get to see it every day. My kids come home from school. Kids are more open than adults. They're often hurt by the words of their classmates. I can tell them, sticks and stones may hurt my bones, but words will never hurt me. But it's too late. They're already hurt. (laughs) It's not true. I remember fourth grade myself. I remember it's one of the few memories I have that long. There was a, a, a gal who was taller than everybody else, and her name, unfortunately, was Gila. So we used to chase her around the playground, and I participated not every time in this, but I remember it. Chased her around saying, Gila monster, Gila monster. Where's the Gila monster? You think that didn't hurt her? Maybe irreparably. I'm embarrassed at that. I get to sit in counseling with marriages and listen to words that intentionally hurt that people use. And sometimes it's just it's just a person thinks they're just being righteous. A person says, well, I you don't love me, the person says to their spouse. And this is a woman who's laid their life down for their husband, who, who every day feeds him and clothes him and does everything she can for him. And to hear words out of his mouth saying, you don't care for me, what, what, what sort of stupidity would make you say that? Well, I'm just being honest. Words hurt, you know. They really do. We need to hear this. Your tongue, your communications, just like mine, they are not perfect. And if I sin, it spills out through my mouth. That's what Jesus said, right, in Luke 6. He said, hey, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Here it is. It's remarkable in its wrongness. It's not just a little harmful, says James. It stains your life, these things that you say. You cannot take them back. You, you hurt other people. You lift yourself up. You deceive. You lie. You do half-truths. You ignore, you ignore your humility as you pull people in teaching along ways that are wrong. We do all these things. And it shapes you and me. This is not me on a rant about the tongue. This is the Bible. This is James. Maybe it's just a bad sentence. What does he say next? He says, every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of poison, I'm sorry, I didn't read that right. Full of deadly poison. Restless evil. He's speaking to... Uh, who is he talking to? By? Oh, he must be talking to those guys in the back alley and they, they swear and they, you know, whatever they do by they're speaking. No, he's talking to the church. He's talking to you and me. Remember? Not many of you, brothers and sisters, should be teachers. He's clearly speaking to the church this morning. restless evil full of deadly poison come on come on look at the snake on the front cover of the bulletin that's your tongue oh my okay so we got this so far so far what i got from james is that the tongue our communications are super important and the tongue our communication is really evil i'll get to work on that yeah there's a third thing right we started already. Read it again. Every kind of beast and bird, every reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. There's the third piece. untamable. Isn't that what he says? You say, wait, Dax, wait, wait, wait. I get it that sometimes my language in moments of, of uncontrolled, sometimes my language is not what it should be. I realize that's hurtful. I'm working on it. But I come here, we just sang worship songs. We, we, I, my tongue is used for great good things. Yes, it is. And James says that too. Look, he says, for with it we bless our Lord and Father. Verse 9. And with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth comes blessing and cursing, my brothers, these things ought not be so. I know that you do both, he says. I know that good comes out. The problem is, it's not just good that comes out. I don't care that good comes out. I, I, I care that you've mixed it. You've got this great pool of beauty of your tongue, but you drop in three drops of trash. I don't want to drink out of that, he says. Right? I mean, that's what he's saying. He says, does a spring... Bear forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water. Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives? Can a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. When you speak wrongly, and everybody does, then you reveal that you're not, you should be, that you're sinful. These things ought not be. I know you have some good words, but your bad words kill the good ones. You need purity all the way through. You need cleanness all the way through. It doesn't work to have heartfelt worship in there and then tear somebody down. It's not good to mostly good teaching and then add in a little error. All the harm. It's not good to, to speak kindness to your kids and kindness to your kids and then, and then in a moment of frustration slam them. undoes all the love, right? It's not good to mostly love your spouse, but then cut them off when you're upset with them and impose your will and use words to hurt because you're frustrated or internally not getting what you want to get. It's, it's not good to be a friend most of the time, but then when it matters not to be. What comes out of you and me is not always good. And James says this ought not. Take those three things, right? Super important, evil, and untamable. And maybe you're not convinced. Maybe you say, Man, I need more convincing. Well, I can't take more time to convince you this morning. I can just say the argument you have isn't with me, it's with James. James just says this for everyone. He doesn't say some people, he says every human being. I know one person who wasn't like this. You know him too. His name's Jesus Christ. But excluding him, special, born of the Holy Spirit, Savior, every human being. This is us, right? Okay. It gives us two options when you hear this. This is where it gets important for you and me this morning to not just hear about how our words are hurtful and we are imperfect and we can't help it, but to to hear what it is that drives you towards. I really want you to think about it with me, because this is super important for how you're going to accept the word of God. How do you hear that? What did you just hear? As I walked you through 12 verses of James, his his takedown of the tongue, what, what did you hear? My plea to you is that you accept them as true. Okay, so I'm, I'm gonna assume that you're gonna, you're gonna accept them as true. So you feel it, you hurt, you realize you damage people, you build things up and then you tear them down. Your tongue is a fire, your tongue is filled with poison. You damage yourself, you damage other people, you do that. You who believe in Jesus, because he's talking to you and me. It's not a pre-salvation thing. No way. And if you don't just sit there with me and say, yeah, Okay, it really is saying that. I will buy in. I believe it. Then you're denying James. You're denying the Bible. It's not funny. It's not light. It's not happy. It's just true. And so so what we need to think on is what that does in us. What does that truth do to you, (laughs) right? Here's how I used to respond when I was a kid when I was in college I I responded with I heard it and I thought okay I'll do better that was my main response I can see how mad God is at me because obviously he's not happy that I do these things who would be happy my tongue is a restless evil full of poison I must control my tongue I must work on this and get it better and what I will do is I will make and I would take my day and I would again look back on my day and I would say Lord I'm so rotten and I will work doubly hard tomorrow to, to, to fix this. I will work on how I speak with people. I will, I will close down my tongue and listen more. I will, I will be careful in what I say. It birthed that in me, that desire, right? And Little by little, I will curb this tongue because I've received instruction from God, this instruction from James, and what he is instructing me in is how to be a better Christian. I will control my tongue. See what I was doing, right? I was functionally hoping in my change. I was functionally saying what I'm going to do is, 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 is do it and, and, and to, to improve because I hear this truth and what it bursts in me is a desire to, to not be that way, a good desire. I don't want to be like that. What's the problem with how I responded? Maybe with how you responded. Two things in this passage, two things you need to see. One, where's the command? There's no command in this passage. James does not say get to work. James doesn't say improve. James doesn't say, hey, slowly get better and work on this tongue and you will be a better person as you work on it and you you control more and you're better and you're better. James just says this is garbage and he stops. Which leads me to the second problem because what happens is is that I say, okay, I hear that it's garbage and I don't want to be garbage so I'm going to get to work and, and then I get to work on it and I work for a day. I work for two days. Let's say I work for 10 years on my tongue. Then I read this passage again. Is it not also still true of me? Is it less true in 10 years when I've worked on my tongue for 10 years, for 20 years, for 30 years, that all of a sudden now, James's passage now becomes not about me, but about them? Doesn't it still condemn me? Doesn't he say to every person, who, including me, who I've worked on my tongue for 20 years, and he says to me, he says, your tongue is full of restless evil. It's full of poison. And he says that to me who's worked on my tongue for 20 years. And I'm like, no way. you got to be talking about them. I've worked on my tongue. See, the problem with the passage, it doesn't let you go. There's no end. There's no improvement in it. It is a blanket statement about humanity. And you can talk about the context that James must have been writing in. But he doesn't paint in that narrow stroke. He takes this brush and he paints all Christians. Well, all Christians who are human beings. I think that's all of us. And he says to all of us, little and small, big and little, the ones who control our tongue, some and those who don't. He says, Your tongue is full of restless evil. You know human being can tame the tongue. I can't believe that some of us step back and start to say, Well, I guess that doesn't really apply to me anymore. I've been doing a pretty good job. Are you kidding? What are you doing with the Bible? I think you're throwing it away. This is law. You do see that, right? This is law. There's no hope in it. There's no gospel in it. There's nothing in it for you except understanding that you aren't who you should be. And it's right that you say, this makes me want to respond with trying to be that way because it's beautiful. I don't have to convince you, I don't think, that encouraging words, loving words, kind words, that, that the response of the tongue ought to be beautiful, right, and true. We all say, yes, I want that. I want to be beautiful, right, and true. This is what I long for. And yet, each and every one of us, James says, doesn't do it. I don't care how much you try. I Happy to have. I'm, I I try too. This doesn't make me go. Well, fine. I think I'll just be evil. That's not the right response. But neither can the response be. I will attain it because I remain under it for the entirety of my human existence here on Earth. I'm under this statement that my tongue is full of restless evil. So what do I do with this law? This is what James is doing, isn't it? Because didn't he in James 1, didn't he put up the mirror for us? Didn't he say, look into the mirror of the law. Get a good hard look at this mirror of what you ought to be. And don't you dare forget it. And so now he does it again with your tongue. And he says, don't you dare forget. You are not who you should be. This really important part of you, it is evil. And not just evil, it actually is is unfixable what's the purpose the purpose is not to try the purpose is the condemnation right I I, I want you to get this it's important that you get this Christianity and the gospel you want to get the gospel this is how you get the gospel you understand the law the law always accuses you and it's accusing you now Everybody in this room is imperfect. You're not, degrees of imperfect is not where we're trying to get to. I'm not trying to get you to better degrees of imperfection and me to better degrees of imperfection. We're all condemned. We're all condemned by tongues that are evil. So all of us have one place we can go. One place. Where can we go? you got to bring it in. It's not in James. But, but neither is there in James. A command to improve. There's no command to improve and there's no gospel. There's just condemnation. What do you do when you're killed? I go to the cross, don't you? Where do I go for hope when I see again the the rottenness of me? Where do I go again for hope when I see that no matter what I do, my tongue is untamable? No matter what I do, I slip in the word. For the thousandth time, I've hurt my wife with poor words. Where do I go? This is not where I go. I promise I'll be better because I can't get better. I can try all day and I will, I will, I will. I will try again and I tell my wife that. I will try. But you know what's going to happen tomorrow? <laughs> but I can go to the cross. I don't mean a piece of wood. I mean what Jesus Christ is, who He is. I can go to my Savior, the one who died for me, the one who paid for me, the one who doesn't just, d- doesn't just say, hey, I'll, 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 I'll overlook that, Dax, for now. He actually gives me His righteousness. James is there. He finds his hope in his half-brother, the one he knew, the one he saw die on a cross for his sins humility that's what this breeds and trust not in ourselves but in jesus and 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 you say i'll follow jesus not no, you won't not in the way you're thinking because because you'll never be the one who's perfect with their tongue no human being can tame the tongue only jesus has a perfect tongue and all of your following him and all of your desires to do that will be imperfect still and, we, and and all, all of us say that, all of us. I know you and I know me. We easily say we're not perfect. But that's what's required. James very clearly says you don't follow Jesus in this. You receive his perfect life. You don't do his perfect life. You have to bring it in, right? But he's there. He says it kills us. And when you hold up the law, which James does this morning for you and me, The answer always is the gospel. The law doesn't build you up. It tears you down. It destroys you. And when you're destroyed, find your value in the cross. You've got a Savior who loves you. Okay. This morning, you and me, realize this. Your tongue should be controlled. Your words should edify. You should speak truth. You should encourage and build up. You, Hey, work on that because it's beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> I, 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 of course. Although we might build each other up with what we say. This is an excellent thing. But try not because you're going to improve at it. Try because it's true. And realize as you work on it, you're a failure. So we sit at the feet of the cross and we marvel. We marvel that we receive forgiveness. It lets us actually not be as hurt because we realize everybody does this terrible thing. And the only hope you have and the only hope I have is Jesus. Not not to make me escape this passage, but in the destruction of me to find life in him. It makes the gift really sweet that he loves you and me. Broken, foul-mouthed, uncontrolled people. And if you and I will trust that he does, if you do, you will stop thinking that you're presenting some beautiful gift to God by working on your tongue and you receive the beautiful gift that he adores you. You'll stand. All of us, we will. Broken. But looking forward to that day when we will be like him. He's coming again. Because we'll see him as he is. Let's pray.